That's the reason why so many people are still buying real estate. It's hedge against inflation. It pays cash dividend. It has potential to increase in value. It gives you great tax benefit. And right now, still, someone else is paying off your mortgage. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. A little tanned, Heather? Yeah. Not much. <laughs> Not much. I mean, we, put, we just got back from Mexico to take the team down to Mexico uh, for a little bit of a two-year-old celebration. Mm-hmm. And we did get a lot of sun, but it doesn't show. It, it really there were doesn't. so many people burned. I sunblocked the crap out of myself. That's yeah. really the problem is that we, we maybe went a little aggressive on the sunblock. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like lobster red backs so many times on the beach yeah. that I was like, that will not happen to me. <laughs> yeah. So while I think most of those people had a little bit of help from Jim Beam or somebody, <laughs> they weren't feeling the sunburn. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, it was really fun. I'm glad to be back and here at the microphone today, mm-hmm. camera, if you're on YouTube. And we want to talk about something that's kind of well, I mean, partially all over the news and partially not. And not monkeypox, people. It's not monkeypox. If you haven't heard about that ridiculous thing, then good for you for not watching the news. That's all I'll say about it. My daughter came home from school yesterday with a sore throat and asked me if she thought I had, if I thought she had monkeypox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty great. I'm like, what did you say? I had, I didn't realize. Yeah. <clears throat> cue monkeypox. We have a midterm election uh, coming up here. So. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. That's enough about that. Really, what we're going to talk about is interest rates and their effect, and maybe some things that you guys hadn't thought about with respect to interest rates and how they interact with property returns, things like that. And in spite of them, why people are buying real estate still. Mm-hmm. Because because they are like yep. a lot. I mean, we're we're experiencing it. it's absolutely crazy. We can't keep the properties we find, and we can't find as many properties, and all because people are buying them right and left. Yeah, I get more upset clients than I've ever had in my whole career, and it's because they're losing out on property that's being sold, and they're frustrated. So. Our team has a kind of an inside joke that I will make now, not an inside joke, that I was doing a visualization to begin my day because I do Miracle Morning as best I can. I'm not super regular about it, but I try to. And I really find it really helpful. So I'm visualizing that I'm going to get properties and we're going to be able to meet the demand our clients have for properties. This was several months ago. And what crossed my mind as I was visualizing what that would look like, right, was a pack of hungry wolves. (laughs) So on our team, we're like, all right, the wolves are still hungry. Like we got to get more, got to get more food for the hungry wolves. And it's not that our clients are wolves. It was more just like the devouring of how fast stuff has been selling for well over a year now. I mean, it's been intense. Yeah. And I'm telling you, without the relationships that we have built over the last couple of decades, there is literally no way we could do this because 
you know, trying to find somebody new who actually would like some help selling something is pretty difficult. It's pretty Mm -hmm. difficult. So in addition to that, making the numbers work, which is what we're getting ready to talk about now is becoming more and more and more difficult. Like every time we turn around, we had matter of fact, Heather, if you recall, was, it was before we went to Mexico, we had this deal and it was all ready to go. And then interest rates moved a half a point and jacked everything all up. We had to go back to the drawing board. We had to go back in there. And re- then I had to go back to the seller and go, you should have gotten these to me two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. You know, now we're half a point higher and that's going to continue to happen. I don't see any end to that. Inflation is not slowing. And according to the Fed, the whole purpose of them raising rates is to slow inflation. And that's not working yet, which means they're probably going to continue to increase rates. So Exactly. We had a conversation yesterday with my sister. She and her husband had talked to me probably 18 months ago, maybe two years ago, actually, about buying rental property. And I had added them to my best properties email that I was sending pretty regularly at that point. And he basically told me, Heather, these returns are kind of low. And these were properties performing over 20% cash on cash. And he said, yeah, I can do better right now with the stock market, but also with some other investments he was considering that were obviously a little higher risk, which my sister never moved forward with. She found those to be too risky. So she never moved forward with it. And as a result, they literally just left all their money sitting in the stock market. And she called me yesterday and was just bemoaning the fact that they've lost a lot in the stock market. And so they don't know what to do because they want to get into real estate, but now they want to keep their money in the stock market so it can go back up. And mm-hmm. the, and the, she talked about interest rates and are we in a bubble and all of this. So I got off the phone and found myself frustrated. And it was probably just that it's my family, right? And <laughs> that, that they don't fully understand the full picture of you know real estate and how it works. And I've explained it lots of times, but I'm also family. <laughs> Yeah, I completely get it. And we've had such a long run of low interest rates. People really don't know what normal interest rates look like and what you know normalized cash returns look like. Mm-hmm. They just don't they don't have any concept of it. You know, that's kind of a problem. The other thing that people don't realize is that there's a point at which, you know, we're in this weird market right now where Prices haven't normalized. They're probably not going to for a while because the demand is still high. I hear people pretty consistently saying that, yeah, demand's high, but wait, you just wait. You know, this is all going to fall apart. I believe at some point that the real estate market is going to flatten out, potentially go down a little bit. I don't think it's going to be like 2008. I guess there's always the possibility that it will. But I just like to remind everybody that even in 2008, if you bought at the height of the market and your property was cash flowing, it really didn't make any difference. And that's the big difference talking about your family member there. In the stock market, when the stock market goes down, you just lose money, period. Mm-hmm. Hard stop. You've lost money. Now, you can leave your money in there and hope it goes back up, which ultimately at some point it will. But you don't have any return in the meantime, and you have literally lost massive amounts of of wealth. And an inflation. We're in an inflationary market and just hanging out and waiting. Yeah. When when your money is worth less and you're waiting for the stock market to go back up. 
Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about a strange phenomenon that happens that I think most people don't even, if you've been in real estate for like less than a decade, you probably don't even realize this happens because we've had interest rates so low for so long. How could you know? Yeah. There is a point at which you reach with prices as high as they are, where leverage turns into negative leverage. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that generally speaking, if I have a $100,000 property, Heather, if I put 20% down, the and let's really quickly explain the difference between cap rate and cash flow, just so everybody's on the same page and we use the same terminology in our minds. Cap rate is your cash flow without debt, unlevered cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. So your net operating income, well, cash flow is after debt service. Now, in the market that we've been in for ever here, you put 20% down on a property, you expect that you're going to have a higher cash on cash return than if you paid cash for the property. Yep. And I've had a lot of clients confused by that in the past. Cash buyers that are going, how? I'm borrowing money and I'm paying interest. How mm-hmm. is that better for me to finance? And I've had to explain that for several years. I've never had to explain it in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, I mean, on our properties, Heather, so far, we haven't had to explain that. Mm-hmm. But we are quite a bit more picky than a lot of other companies that sell um, properties like this. And what I mean, here in a little bit, it is going to get to the point, unless things shift very quickly, right? Which doesn't usually happen. Usually it takes a while for sellers to realize, oh crap, I can't increase my price 15% and somebody's going to pay that. I mean, at some point that's going to stop and the prices are going to normalize. and They may come down a little bit even. In the meantime, and potentially even after that, if the prices don't come down, and the interest rates continue to climb, it gets to the point where if you put 20% or 25% down on a property, your cash on cash return actually ends up being less than if you paid cash for the property. Which So it drops below the cap rate. Yeah. Now, that doesn't seem possible Yeah. if you've only been in the market for like a decade. It just doesn't seem <laughs> possible because that's never been the case but it actually does happen. And we're getting close. There was a uh, friend of mine who posted on Facebook the other day explaining something about this. And you know they used uh, a 4% interest rate and a 6% interest rate. And you know there's not a whole lot of difference between the two of those. But if you have a very small cash flow at 4%, which you know, guys, we look at a lot of different properties. I mean, we could, we could find properties all day long that have a small cash flow, a 7% return, at you know six or seven percent cash on cash return at four percent, I mean literally all day. Like you literally buy anything almost, and that would work in any of the areas we're in. We're trying to do more than that, which means that when we move up to six percent, we're still not quite there. But if you started with a seven percent or an eight percent cash on cash return, and your interest rate moves two percent, it flips and flips mm-hmm. pretty dramatically. You're going to flip somewhere between two and 3% cash on cash return, where if you paid cash, you're closer to that four to 6% range. It completely flips upside down. Yeah. And, it's, and the reason, guys, is because when your mortgage payment goes up, it eliminates the cash flow 
when it shrinks the cash flow to what you used to get on a monthly basis, a couple hundred dollars a month now is a couple hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. because your payment went up that much. I mean, you can clearly see what happens to the return where yeah. if you pay cash, it's still a few thousand dollars a year. It's a weird phenomenon, but it happens in this kind of a market. Guys, if interest rates stay high and go higher, we could be in this particular market cycle or moving into this market cycle and stay in this market cycle for quite a while. So that begs the question, why the heck are people still buying properties when this is the market cycle that we're in? There's a number of answers for that. (laughs) I can tell you one that I'm a big fan of. I just told my husband this week, I said, I don't have enough property under contract for our tax liability. I said, we have to get moving. We have a little bit of debt we want to pay off from a car purchase that I made. I love the way this, I talk about my life on here all the time. Everyone's gonna be like, yeah, I know you got a van. Anyway, um, but because we financed it for six months because they had a great incentive for it. So we're paying that off. And then I'm trying to just forecast and get stuff under contract that can close this year. Because those ta- the tax savings for me is my whole down payment back. So even if my cash on cash return drops, if I'm making 100% back in a, in a write-off, then I'm, yeah, and the, I'm and all the, in. And the key to that is that if you're doing that and the property is still cash flowing, right? Exactly. I mean, it's still cash flowing pretty well. I'll just say this. I also had a whole bunch of people who, I don't know when it was that we first started saying, hey, look, the stock market is way too high. It's way too high and propped up really by nothing that I could see in the data other than talking heads on TV who are, I'll just say it again, who are almost always wrong. And I mean, way, way wrong. They're not just a little bit wrong. I'm not sure how you get to be an expert and you're wrong all the time. I really don't get it. But they were saying that the stock market had legs. Well, it doesn't. There's so many different things that can affect it. And the same thing can happen to real estate. So all of the people saying supply, demand, supply, demand, supply, demand, and that's the only drum they're beating are missing the point. There are other things that can affect the real estate market as well. One of those things is the affordability index, right? It's is how much more money can people actually continue to pay for properties and or for rent So I think it just changes how you buy real estate right now. There have been, for the last couple of years, many people who are buying real estate on speculative cash flow. Now, (laughs) back in 2008, back in like 2006, 2005, really through 2008 uh, until the crash, people were buying on speculation for appreciation. That's a normal thing people do. Now, I'm not saying that you should do that, but that's normal, right? People buy in high appreciating markets. And they do that because they're hoping for this big, huge hit, big win, game changer, life-changing event. right? Mm -hmm. But back then, literally nobody I saw speculated on cash flow. But for the last several years, people have been. They have been buying apartment buildings, commercial properties, and single-family homes on speculation of appreciating rents. Oh, yeah, that's true. So they'll buy on a pro forma where the actuals do not support what is being or what's happening, right? The price of the property. They're buying it because people are telling them that the rents are going to continue to go up. And supply and demand does dictate that that is going to happen. 
But at the same time, in the event we head into a recession, which it seems like is more and more possible, there are going to be fewer people who have the ability to pay higher rents, even if the supply demand problem isn't fixed because they just literally can't do it. Mm -hmm. That's the affordability index, right? And that index right now doesn't look bad. But if we're moving into a recessionary economy, that could change really, really fast. So we go back to those real fundamentals, Heather. Are we cash flowing on properties, right? Now, I should probably say something before that because um, I do still make offers on properties that are wildly under rented. There's a difference between buying a property where the rent is 500 and it's supposed to be 900 and going, okay, I mean, I, I get that right now this thing ain't cash flowing very well, but in six months when these, this tenant moves out, I can increase the rent two, $300 and still be under market. I'm not pushing the rents above where the market is. I'm just saying, yeah. hey, this is where the market is and I'm $300 under market. That's a wildly different scenario than what I'm talking about. Uh, what I'm talking about is that people are going, okay, two years from now, the rent should be this. And therefore, I'm going to pay a premium for this property because there's so much competition. I'm going to buy it today in hope with the expectation <laughs> that two years from now that the rent's going to continue to go up 10% a year, which is absurd in my opinion. I mean, I think yeah, that's actually gonna, absurd. Yeah. I was going to say that same thing because we've been doing that because we've worked with builders that don't need to keep the rents at market rent. They prefer to have like no vacancy. <laughs> and so right, they'll right. keep the rents super low. And so we'll sell and say, oh yeah, these rents, because we pull current market rent comps, mm-hmm. <laughs> not a year or two years out or whatever, yeah. speculating. The, yeah. Yeah. So today current rents are $900 and the rent is $900. Yes. But in two years, in two years, it's going to go up 10% each year, right? And then it's going to be 990 and then it's going to be... You can't do that. Mm-hmm. But if the current rents are 900 and they're getting 650 because they were too lazy to raise the rents, that's a whole different ballgame. Yes. Right? Yes. 100%. So that's, that's one way we're making deals work right now. And I'm telling you, that's kind of where it's at. Because if you go out and try to get deals, like literally a year ago, we could go get deals with the interest rates low where you're locked in for 30 years and you can make things work that today, they don't work. They don't work, right? Now, rewind back to 2000 to 2008 again. (laughs) I mean, I remember when the interest rates hit 6% and we were all like dancing. It was fantastic. That was the lowest thing ever. We have gotten so spoiled. I think we're going to be pretty excited to have gotten rates in the fives soon. That's Ron's prediction. I think we're going to be thrilled that we signed yeah. the note at fixed at 5%. Yeah. Just be careful out there and understand that when... I guess the, the last thing maybe we should talk about is, is like I kind of skipped over. You started to talk about reasons why people would pay cash for these properties and get good returns, but still good returns, right? If you can get better than you can get in any other cash producing asset. I mean, in goodness, if you can keep pace with with inflation, at least you're not losing money and you're getting a couple of other really solid benefits from the properties, not the least of which is a tax benefit. 
But right now, one of the reasons I think people are buying so many properties from, uh, from at least from us, Heather, and it's a few of other, other companies who can do it still, is because you can still leverage and we haven't turned upside mm-hmm. down yet. Yep. Because when you're leveraged, you not only get the tax benefits and the cash flow benefits and appreciation potentially, although at this point, I think I would, I think I would probably count that one out, um, <laughs> but you, get, you also get principal reduction. Mm-hmm. And so between now and whenever that inverts, where it's actually starting already with some properties, between now and when that inverts and it's almost impossible to find properties that work on a leveraged basis, you can get that third return, which is a pretty substantial one. Mm-hmm. It's between three and 6% a year, depending on what your loan is. Yeah. Pretty crazy it's, amount it's of return. It's always forgotten, really. really. That return is always forgotten. <laughs> and that's the reason why so many people are still buying real estate. It's hedge against inflation. It pays cash dividend. It has potential to increase in value. It gives you great tax benefit. And right now, still, someone else is paying off your mortgage, paying off the property for you. They're buying it, literally buying it for you. And it's a physical asset. Like yep. talking to my sister yesterday and that money just evaporates and it doesn't come back. I mean, <laughs> even if you burn the house down, you still own the land and you have insurance. So it doesn't just go up in smoke and never come back. Right. The stock market in general got hit, but before the stock market in general got hit, there were several companies that lost massive amounts of value because their CEOs did stupid crap that pissed off their customers and their investors. And because of that, no fault of yours, if you own their stock, their stock plummets, right? I mean, you have a, a banner fourth quarter and then first quarter sucks because they really hid what was actually going on in the company. Now the, the report comes out, tells you that, well, things weren't as rosy as we thought they were. Stock <laughs> price drops. You didn't do anything. Nothing you yep, did. Yep. It, just, it just happened, right? And some of those companies have been around for a long, long time. They will remain nameless, but you guys probably know who I'm talking about. So I'm just telling you. Well, you could have a little bit too much to drink. The CEO posts on social media <laughs> and your stock market plummets. Stock value plummets. I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, it's highly unlikely that if you have too much to drink and post something on social media, your house will lose value. Yes. (laughs) It's highly unlikely. Now, I deserved a clap. That was fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I guess it could happen. It's highly unlikely that that could happen. And maybe if you're Supreme Court justice, your property might lose value because of all the picketers outside. (laughs) But other than that, you're probably not, probably not going to lose value. So for, for anything that you post personally. So that's why people are buying. We're in a really weird time. Be careful and be careful who you listen to. Things are never as easy as people make them out to be. Yeah. This is a lot more complicated uh, because there's a lot of other levers at play than just supply demand. It's a big one. Don't get me wrong. It's a big one. We've talked about it on the show before, but it's not the only lever. And so now more than ever, you have to buy on good, solid fundamentals. That said, if you didn't like 20% a couple of years ago, 
probably not going to like real estate now because 20% yeah. probably isn't happening. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I can make it work on a pro forma on a property in a war zone. I could, but yeah. you're probably not ever going to get that. So one other thing too, is if when this inverts, you lose out on that one well, you could lose out on that one benefit of owning real estate that you can purchase it on payments over 30 years. No, purchase that someone else can purchase it for you on payments over 30 yeah. years, which is the most magical True. thing ever. <laughs> yeah, you put 20,000 of the 100,000 in and someone else does the other 80 for you. It's yeah. magical. Mm -hmm. So cool. So cool. And then just start writing those returns down. If you've ever seen a pro forma, if you've not seen a pro forma and you want to just email us, Heather will tell you where in a minute, but just email us and we'll send you one and you can see what the returns do when they're stacked on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And you can do some kind of a nuclear scenario. Just take the appreciation out. You know? You're going to get tax benefits this year. You know that. And you're, you know you're going to have somebody pay down your principal and then just cut your cash flow in half and see what the return is. It's pretty amazing over time. Agreed. You can email us at invest at rpcinvest.com. We even actually have a video on YouTube where I explain walk through a pro forma. So we can do that. Send that over to yeah, us. And I'm well. sure we've done it on the show or at least tried to with no yeah. visuals. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Probably be better in the video if you guys are wanting to see how that works. But <laughs> And if there's something you want us to talk about specifically with respect to business, real estate, and how they intersect with life, which is what this show is about, you can reach out at the same email and we look forward to hearing from you. Till next time, get out there and make something happen. Thanks, guys. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.